Wow. I just am so grateful for all of those that have sacrificed their lives for us. And, uh, but I remember my mom's brother, his name was Francis. He, he died in the war. And um, so I never got to meet him. And, but so many of you probably have descendants or people that you know that have sacrificed. And, you know, it's an, it's an amazing thing when you see that people are willing to lay down their lives. And yet God has called all of us to lay down our lives, amen, for his kingdom, for his purposes. And he laid down the life of his son for us to die so that we could have freedom in Christ. And so I'm excited about the message today. As you can see, we have a few little props here. And um, because God has given us something. He has given us such an amazing ability to, to be overcomers and to walk in victory and to be able to do things that we could never do on our own. And I want to talk about that today because, it, you know, we have the power. God has given us everything we need. I mean, when you send people out to battle, you don't send them out unarmed, right? You train them and, and uh, you give them what they need so that they can succeed in the mission that they are in. And God has enlisted every one of us into his army and we are here to establish the kingdom of God here on earth. And he has given us all the tools that we need so that we can succeed. And one of the most important things that we have been given, obviously he's done it all. The good thing about being enlisted in God's army is the war is already won. Jesus, you know, spoiled all the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. He already won the battle. It's already done. It's already set. Everything is already finished. All we have to do is walk it out. And that's what God has called us to do. So I'm going to read something here because I'm going to talk about today about the church we see says what God says. Amen. We say what God says. And, you know, so often we conduct our lives by saying and speaking the things that we feel, our five physical senses, you know, all uh, operate in us. And, and we say and speak things that are of this world rather than the things that he says. So the church that, that Pastor and RJ say, the church that we see, is a church that speaks life and not death, that speaks the word of God, that understands the power of what God has given us, and he has equipped us with that word. And so I'm going to read um, something here. Words are not simply sounds. They're not just sounds that are caused by air passing through our larynx. Words have power. Words are very powerful. They have the power to destroy, the power to create. God spoke the world into being when he said, let there be. Whatever God says comes to pass. And he made us in his image and his likeness, and he resides on the inside of us and has given us the power to speak those words, to speak words of life, to take authority, and to walk as overcomers. You know, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he obviously was filled with God in every way, and he was able to speak to the storm to move, to be, to go, and it would go. He would command, he commanded Lazarus to rise from the dead. Whatever he said happened. Because he knew who he was, and he only allowed the word of God to come out of his mouth. He didn't allow anything else out of his mouth. He spoke truth. He spoke life. He made sure he aligned himself with the word. He was the, you know, he is the living word of God. 
And, um, and so he is alive, and he's alive in us. And we have the ability to operate the same way he did when he was on the earth. And even the centurion, the Roman centurion, and I'm just going to tell this quickly, uh, the, the Roman centurion that came to Jesus and said, will you heal my servant? Because the servant was really sick. And Jesus was going to go heal him. And the centurion said, no, you don't have to go. I'm a man of authority. You just have to say the word and it's going to be done. See, he understood the power of the spoken word, the power of authority that God has been given us. And Jesus, when he heard him say that, he said, wow. He said, I haven't heard... You know, this is great faith. I haven't heard this in all of Israel. Because he, he, the Roman centurion, understood the power of the word of God. The power of speaking words of authority. Our thoughts, the limits of our language limit our world. Right? Our world is really formed around the words that we speak. And, you know, there's power in your words, good or bad. Like, if you speak words that are negative, guess what? You're creating negativity in your life. You speak words that are life, you're going to have life. You're going to have blessings. You're going to have what God wants for you. And we need to understand that we, you know, so many people misuse their words. Proverbs 12:16 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You are going to eat the fruit of your words, whether it's positive or negative. You're going to eat it. You're going to live it. It's going to be where you are right now in your life is a product of the words you've spoken in the past. You don't like where you are right now? Change what you say. Yeah. Amen. We have, we have authority to speak over people that we have authority over, like our children. You know, if you're married and you, you have children or wherever you have and whatever, wherever you're at in life, whether it's in a job, the church, anywhere, you have authority to speak life. But if you speak death, you're not going to hurt who you're speaking to. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to create in your own heart unbelief and fear, jealousy, and all the evil things that the enemy wants us to operate in. So you're either building, you know, you're either speaking words of love or hate, victory or defeat, blessing or bitterness, complaining or compliments, love or lust. You know, what are you speaking? What are you believing? Because whatever it is, you're calling it into your life. You're bringing it into your world. And Jesus said that we are going to give account. In fact, in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, it says, Jesus said, but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every, not some, every careless word they have spoken. Every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. So your words identify what you believe in your heart. And one of the biggest problems that we have is that we don't trust God. You know, we don't. So often people, they trust everything but God. They trust in uh, themselves. They trust in, you know, something else that they go to for comfort or help rather than trusting God. But God wants us to be heavenly minded. I love this saying. It says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. 
So, you know, we are called to live for the kingdom of God. One of my favorite scriptures is in Proverbs 4, 21 to 25, and it's talking about the word of God, and it says, don't lose sight of them, referring to don't lose sight of the word of God. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those that find them and healing to their whole body. For a guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid, and it's telling you how, avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Now, corrupt speech or perverse talk is when you speak contrary to what God's word says. Now picture this, say, say you're enlisted in the Canadian Army and you're sent over to Iraq and they are giving you instructions, they're telling you what you're going to do, they're giving you the plan and they're, they're telling you this is what you have to do, this is what you have to say, this is what you have to believe and, and they're giving you instructions and you decide to, you, you hear something Al-Qaeda is saying or doing and you start speaking and saying what they, are want, they want you to say. Is that a good idea? No. But we do that. People do that. We're, we're part of the kingdom of God enlisted in his army, but we begin to speak what the enemy says. We begin to think and say the things that he wants us to speak, speak and say so that he can gain ground in our lives and the lives of our family and the lives of our church and the lives of people that matter to us. And so we need to be speaking what the word says. Corrupt means opposite to, perverse. You know, what isn't right? What is corrupted? What is evil? What is wicked? Those are all things that the devil wants us to speak. Now, faith comes by hearing, the Bible says, and hearing by the word of God. Meaning hearing the word of God. The best way to hear the word of God is out of your own mouth. It's great, you know, you come to church today and it's awesome, you're hearing the word of God. But when you begin to say it yourself, to yourself or in your prayer time, it increases your faith even more. You can come here and hear a message and you get built up, built up and, and, and your faith is built up and you feel, yeah, I can do this, you know. But if you leave here and you don't continue to speak it out of your own mouth, it will not stay and it won't, it, your faith won't increase. And so it's so important that you get the word of God and you speak the word of God. I like when I do my devotions in the morning, I highlight certain scriptures I'm reading or write certain scriptures out, and then I like to read them out loud and make them as a declaration over my life. Because, you know, when we're looking at our lives and we're looking at the things that are wrong with our lives or the things that happen in life that we don't like or that we want to see changed, we have the power and authority to change those circumstances or to overcome them in some way and have God take them and use them for the kingdom of God. You know, all of us have people in our lives that we know aren't maybe tracking with God or, or doing what we wish they would do. And, and so often we go about it the wrong way and we get in fear and we get in unbelief rather than speaking life and speaking truth over those people or over those circumstances. And so we have the power. Now I'm going to read a scripture here because here's the problem. It's in James 3, 2 to 6. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. How many can relate to that? <laughs> we all make many mistakes. For we, if we, if we could control our tongues, we would be partially perfect. No, we would be perfect. 
meaning perfect means you're not going to make a lot of mistakes, and could also control ourselves in every other way. How many sometimes feel out of control in an area of your life? Maybe you have a habit that you just don't seem to have victory over, or there's something going on in your life, and you just feel like you have no control. The Bible says that we can have control, or we have power, and it goes on, it says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And if you've ever owned horses, you know, you know, they, they can control them that way. But it says a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So sometimes, you know, when we're going through life, we, we feel like everything's coming against us, like that strong wind, you know, where everything's going the opposite way. I find sometimes, you know, uh, I, I'll get around a group of people and I'll be like, I'm, I'm only going to speak positive. I'm only going to speak what the word says. I'm going to speak all the right things. And you get around a group of people and they're all negative. And you're listening in on their conversation. And next thing you know, you're being pulled into. That's like the strong wind, right? Now you're being pulled into a negative it's almost, you almost feel like if I don't join in and say something negative, I won't be accepted. Because people don't like when you say positive things, if they're negative. Obviously, you have to use wisdom. But, to, but you, need to, you need to make sure that you hang out with people that speak good things, right? And put boundaries up for those that are negative. But it says, even though they're strong, the winds are strong, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, and a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Wow. Who's behind those negative words? Hell. Death. The evil one, your enemy, the enemy of your soul. And he wants you to speak what he wants you to speak and not what God wants you to speak. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. And we're going to illustrate this story a little bit here. Have a little bit of fun with it. Praise God. I'm going to tell you a story of something that happened just uh, actually the Wednesday after we transitioned the church. Uh oh. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want Kim to step in the glass. <laughs> On the Wednesday after we transitioned the church, we were in Dunville at a funeral. We had gone to Kitchener for an OBFF uh, growth day or connect day. And then we had to go to Dunville to be with my friend Frida Timberkey because her husband Nick had passed away. But then I had to be back in Windsor by 4 o'clock on Wednesday for a board meeting for WLC. So we literally had to leave the funeral at 12.30 and drive directly to Windsor to try and get to Windsor for 4 o'clock. And so in that process, how many know that's like three and a half hours? Which is about what it takes to drive if you're going the speed limit. And uh, so Pastor Rick, you know, he was determined to get me there on time. So we're talking about the tongue. Your tongue is a, a steering wheel. So as you're, as you're hearing the story, I want you to realize that. Um, but anyway, we're going along, doing really well, you know. He's usually a slower driver. He probably speeded up a little bit, not too much, because he was determined to get me there on time. And we use this GPS system called Waze. 
and uh, it's really good. So, you know, we're, we're using that system and we're like booting along, you know, we're determined we're going to get to Windsor by four o'clock so I can be at my board meeting. And so somewhere between London and Chatham, um, all of a sudden Waze says to us to get off at the next exit. And I'm thinking like, I don't want to get off at the next exit. Like, we're in a hurry, you know, we need to go. Well, just before, just as that happened, I looked up and I saw um, smoke ahead, like a big, huge black cloud of smoke. And my first thought, oh, there's a fire somewhere up ahead, but I wasn't thinking it was on the 401. So we just ignored ways and kept going. And next thing you know, next thing you know, the traffic completely stops you know, we're heading towards Windsor, the, the traffic completely stops, and we can't go anywhere. And I, like, we're stopped, like we can't move at all. And like 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes goes by, and we realize, okay, the fire is on the 401. At that time, there still wasn't even emergency vehicles had showed up yet. And uh, it was like probably a mile, mile and a half ahead of where we were, where we, where we were stopped. And of course, it gets really frustrating when you're in a hurry and you have a schedule and you need to be somewhere and all of a sudden you can't move. You can't, you, we're not even crawling. We're doing nothing. We're like completely stopped. And so after um, almost an hour, you know, and sometimes in life, that's how you feel. Like you're going in the right direction. You're going where you need to go. You're driving there, but then something happens and you can't go anymore. You're stuck. I will add a point here that I didn't in the first service. Our GPS system told us to get off. And we ignored it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's telling us, you need to take a detour here. You need to do this. Because he knows what's ahead. And we don't listen. And we get stuck. Right? Then we're stuck. So anyway, after an hour... We realized, okay, I'm not going to get to the board meeting. Like, there's no way. We had just left our, ourselves enough time, so I'm going to do it by phone. So I called the office and set it up. So, I'm, so now the board meeting starts. Just as the board meeting starts, all of a sudden, all, the emer all these emergency vehicles are going all around us. And it's just very distracting. And I'm trying to stay focused on my meeting. And uh, so we're ha I'm having the meeting. So now another, like, half hour. So it's been, like, an hour and a half at least since we were stopped, and we can't move. And all of a sudden, Rick gets this idea that he wants to go back to the exit we were supposed to get off of and try and get off. And so he, all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm in a board meeting, so I'm trying to focus on my meeting. And all of a sudden, he pulls out, of the, out around the other traffic and gets onto the shoulder of the road and starts going backwards down the 401. And I'm like... I can't say anything because I'm live in a board meeting. <laughs> so I'm like, <sighs> you know, I'm doing all this stuff to try and get him to stop, but he won't listen to me and he keeps going. So we finally get past like where the cars had stopped because by, you know, the, the police had already got to that exit and were making everybody get off. So there was a stretch of the 401 that had no traffic, no cars. You know, we got past all the cars that were stuck. And, and so then he goes just right on the 401, speeding down the wrong way. So we get to the exit, and there's no way he could get off there because police are all there directing everybody to get off that are going the right way. 
and we're going the wrong way. And so he sees that the police are there, so then he decides to go up the on-ramp, off on the on-ramp. And I'm thinking, again, I'm in a board meeting trying to focus on my meeting. And I'm like, like and I'm trying to say, what if, what if somebody's coming down? Like, you know what, I, you're like freaking out, right? And I'm trying to get his attention, and he's just ignoring me. And uh, so anyway, we get and it wrapped off the on-ramp that we were getting off on. We were going, it goes around up like this, so you can't see what's around the corner. So he goes up the on-ramp, uh, and we get, we get around the corner, and what's there? Bunch of policemen. And it's blocked. And I'm, I'm like this. I'm in, and I'm in my meeting, trying to keep my cool, trying not to say anything. And all of a sudden, this policeman starts walking towards our vehicle. And I'm like, I can't believe this. <laughs> and you know, I'm in, I'm in this meeting on the phone in a board meeting, and this policeman comes up, and I'm like going to Rick, like. Like, get out of the car, get out of the car, like, talk to him out of the car. And uh, so finally, he, you know, he's starting to get out of the car. By this time, the policeman's there, and I can hear the policeman say, so what's your medical emergency? <laughs> and um, I don't know what he said, because by this time, I, you know, we shut the door, and I'm still trying to be in my meeting. And so next thing I know, he gets back in the car, and we're turning around going back. So we have to go back to where we were. And uh, so, you know, it was frustrating. We ended up being stuck there over three hours. And there were, there were several big trucks that burnt up. The whole highway had been melted. They didn't even open the 401 until the next day. But after three hours, they let the, the bunch of cars that were stuck in that area by. They let us space by before they started repaving the whole highway. And so, but anyway, in our lives, you know, we're, we go along and we're, we know where we're going and we're trying to get there and then we, we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We didn't listen to the GPS and we got stuck. But even when you're stuck, you need to wait because God doesn't want you to go backwards. A lot of times what people will do in their life you know, they're serving God, they're going along, they're going in the right direction, and then something happens in their Christian walk. You know, maybe somebody makes fun of them or somebody offends them or, you know, they think God didn't do something the way they thought he should have or, you know, something happened at church. And then all of a sudden they just want to go back to their old life. They want to go back the other way because they think it's better if I go back there than where I am right now because it's taking too long. Sometimes we think God takes too long. But it's in those times that we need to trust him and wait on him and be patient and speak life and not speak death. Speak faith and not fear. You know, sometimes we're believing God for certain things. Like maybe you have a child that's not serving God. Or maybe you have a husband or a wife that's not serving God. Or maybe, you know, you need a better job or you're having financial problems or health issues. And all of those things, you know, those, these are real things that happen in our lives. And we have an opportunity. We can start speaking death, start speaking the problem, start speaking fear, get bitter, start speaking words of hatred or anger. We can start speaking all the wrong things and then we're heading in the wrong direction direction and we keep going in that direction and going in that direction and next thing you know our world gets worse and worse and worse and we're just trapped and we're stuck 
But the word of God says, just begin to speak life over those circumstances. Begin to speak life. You know, maybe you're struggling with depression. And, you know, we don't deny things. It's okay to say, I'm struggling with this, or I have this issue. You know, my body, I've been diagnosed with this, or I have this financial problem, or I have a child that's not serving God. But the word of God says, and you begin to speak and decree and declare out of your own mouth over and over and over and over and over until faith arises and you begin to believe. Because you're not looking at the circumstances, you're looking at the word of God. Because it is finished. What Jesus did on the cross is already finished. It's already done. He's already done everything he needs to do. And our job is just to align our life with what he's done by speaking it out. Because it's only when you speak it out that you'll actually really believe it. But when we constantly speak fear, anger, hatred. And see, every time you speak the negative things, something happens in the spirit realm. When you start to think, well, you know what, I'm a loser. I never, get, I never get it right. I might as well quit. I might as well give up. I don't have anything to offer. Nobody likes me. You know, I'm this, I'm that. And we start saying all these negative things. And you know what? You believe those things. As you speak them out of your mouth, you're reinforcing them as being truth in your life. When God says you don't have to do that, you can speak life. You can speak faith. You can speak the truth of what God says about you. The Bible says casting down every thought, every imagination, every high thing that goes against the word of God. You know, we go through tests in life. We're going to get tested in this all the time. You know, when you're married, for example, you're, you know, you may, when you're married, your spouse probably does something that irritates you. And you have a habit, like just say, you know, your husband never puts the toilet seat down. That's a, that's a common one. And, and so you might say to your husband, you never put the toilet seat down. Why don't you ever put the toilet seat down? And we just, you know, we say it over and over. And you just cursed him. He will never put the toilet seat down. Because you're calling it into being. That he'll never put it down. So you need to start saying to God, I thank God that my husband will put the toilet seat down. Now, it might not happen right away, but you can keep speaking it out. I mean, that's a simple, silly thing. But you know what? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those little things that get in our lives that irritate us, that end up causing us to speak out words of resentment or anger or fear or, you know, uh, tearing, tearing down instead of building up. Instead of encouraging, we discourage. And we say things to one another. You know, I, another example is, um, you know, we go over the border a lot. Um, and back when Rick's parents were alive, we went over even more often. And we used to have this thing. We don't do this anymore because we have Nexus. But prior to that, we used to guess, you know, we would try and figure out which lane to get in, which one would get you across the fastest. And so we had this thing going on. If he picked it or I picked it, and, you know, if it was the wrong one, if he picked it as the wrong lane, you know, he would hear about it, right? Vice versa. So anyway, we, we had decided, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. You know, we're not going to, 
We're just going to go with the flow. So I remember this one day, we had determined, you know, we're just going to speak good words and life and all this, and we're not going to get on each other for any reason. So one day, we're going over the border, and the lane we were in was going really fast until it got to us, and then it shut down. And, you know, you think maybe the guy's got to go to the bathroom. He'll come back in five minutes or whatever. So we both looked at each other. We said, this is a test. We're going to pass the test. We're not going to say anything negative. We're not going to complain. We're going to be positive. We're going to thank God, and we're going to, it's all going to be good. So 10 or 15 minutes goes by. And after 10 or 15 minutes, you know, the flesh starts to come alive. And, uh, and so then we're kind of looking at each other and we're thinking, no, we're not going to say anything. No, we're not going to say anything. No, we're not. And then all of a sudden, why is this taking so long? They shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do this to people. We start murmuring and complaining and getting upset. And we start, we're now start speaking, you know, bad things over the customs, over the border. And so we're getting more and more upset. And then all of a sudden, I remember this clearly. All of a sudden, thoughts started coming into my head. He picked that, this lane. <laughs> he picked this lane. And, and I wanted to say it, but I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. And I remember consciously going through this thought process. But then another 10 minutes goes by. You know, your flesh sometimes it's getting squeezed, right? Everything in you, you know, is just getting squeezed. And, and all of a sudden, I said it. I said it. And then he gets defensive, right? And so next thing you know, dissension comes in, which is exactly how the devil wants to work. And, and so, but then all of a sudden, the border border person comes up to our car and apologizes says we're so sorry we kept you so long then you're feeling bad for all the terrible things you just said about them and uh you know we're so sorry we kept you for so long the computer broke down we've been trying to get it up and it just hasn't worked so we're going to get you in another lane you know but we we go through things in life that have things happen in our lives that are setups and tests of what's in your heart What's going to come out when the pressure's on? What's going to come out when it doesn't look good or doesn't seem right? Are you going to speak the word of God? Are you going to speak life? Are you going to speak deliverance? Are you going to speak healing? You know, I, I believe that I say this over my kids and my grandkids. All of my kids are going to serve the Lord. They were raised in the church and some of them have gone astray, but they're coming back to God. And, you know, I'm not going to let what they say, what they do, anything move me. Because then I'm basing my life on circumstances, not on what Jesus did for me. And what he, you know, and so God has set it up. No, obviously we go through some things in life that are difficult. And, and again, I'm not advocating that we never say uh, how we're feeling. But we always have to override it with, you know what, if you, lose, if you just lost a spouse or something, tragedy is in your life, by all means, you can say how you're feeling. But speak the word of God too. And say, you know what, I'm going through a hard time right now. I'm struggling with depression right now. I'm struggling with grief. I'm struggling with feeling lonely. I'm struggling with this. But the word of God says this. And that's my final word. And you may need help. You may need somebody to align with you, to help you and encourage you to keep on track. I have a friend right now, a close friend who's in ministry. And she has a daughter. And... Her and her husband are, are leaders in the body of Christ, great leaders, but they have a daughter that is in deep, deep drug addiction. 
to the point where she goes missing. They don't know where she is. It's, it's horrible. And um, because of the Life Center, they, they call me regularly. We pray together. We speak the word over her. We speak life over her. They know when they get discouraged or when they feel like, you know, they don't know what to do, we talk. And I told them, call me anytime. I'll speak the word over. I'll help you get back on track, you know, because we need each other. Sometimes we're so full of fear or, or, or maybe the circumstances seem so overwhelming that we need somebody that can help us get back on track and speak life. See, your tongue is the steering wheel. And you're going to go where your tongue takes you. You're going to go where it takes you. Where do you want to go? You know, when you plan a trip, every time you plan a trip, you don't, you don't just get in the car and go anywhere. You have a plan. You figure out, where do I want to go? And then you make the arrangements to get there. For example, um, I'm going to India in January. You know, I've already booked my flight. Right? I'm already making plans. You, you know, you get your date set. You get the direction. Thanks. Oh, is that water? Thank you. Great job, Kim. That was awesome. So, you know, we need to be speaking life over our husbands and our wives and over our children and our grandchildren and over our boss and over our nation. How many people curse our government quiet in here <laughs> you know what we need to call it call into being what we want it to be because that's what the word of God says that's what the word of word of faith in us will do you know he's just saying oh Canada we stand on guard for thee glorious and free Right? We stand on guard for our nation. We need to stand on guard for our children. We need to stand on guard for our church. We need to speak good things over the leaders of the church. We need to speak good things over our bosses. We need to speak good things over all the things in our life. Maybe things don't always look the way we want them to look. Maybe they're not the way they're supposed to be right now. But you know what? You have power. You have authority. You're a child of God. God put his nature inside of you. You're made in his image and he's given you the ability to speak and change those things around. And you do it with your tongue. Because if you're not speaking life, you're speaking death. And you're going that way. Instead of that way. Isaiah 35, 8 says, And a great road will go through that once deserted land. There's a road that will go through the deserted land. It will be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Are we going to be fools and speak death? Speak just what we see and feel? Are we going to speak what God's word says and decrees? Are we going to claim his promises? Are we going to speak them out of our mouth over and over and over until we believe it? Are we going to say what he says? Are we going to speak life over this church? Are we going to speak life over RJ and Mary? Are we going to speak life over our spouses? Are we going to speak life over... Our boss, our job, oh, I hate this job. Curse it. Rather than thank God that you have a job. And that you have income. And that your bills are being paid. Are we going to speak life over our country? Are we going to curse it? 
You can't go both ways. I can't go here and here at the same time. Just like when you're steering a car. You go where you're steering it to. And wherever the steering wheel goes is where you're going to go. There's, you, can't, you can't go that way when you're steering it this way. So your tongue is a steering wheel. The words that come out of your mouth are either building your faith or tearing down your faith. They're changing your life for the good or changing it for the evil. You don't want to go back, but there's tests on the road. There's lots of tests on the road. They'll be there. There's roadblocks. There's accidents. There's reckless drivers. Cut you off. Right? There's lots of obstacles on the road. Weather conditions. Things happen. Jesus never said, you're going to get in the car and drive straight there. No problems. Nothing's going to stop you. Nothing's going to hinder you. He never said that. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but I deliver them out of them all. So the afflictions will be there. The trials and tests will be there. What are we going to say when they show up? What are we going to do to reinforce faith in our hearts? Are we going to reinforce the fear and the doubt, the anger, the unforgiveness? Are we going to reinforce love, joy, peace, which is the kingdom of God, which we are to establish on the earth? What are we reinforcing by the words of our mouth? God wants us to stand up and say the truth of his word, not the truth of our five physical senses. Because faith operates not by sight, not by what we feel, but by the word of God. That's how faith operates. And God's looking for people that will speak the right things, speak good things. That doesn't ever mean, you know, if I have an issue with my husband or with someone, I can go talk to them and tell them the issue. But it's how you say it. You can say things with discouragement or encouragement. You know, there's so many things we can do differently and still be aligned with the word of God. But God's word is powerful and it works. It always works. In fact, the Bible says it doesn't return void or empty, but will accomplish what it's set out to do. And it always does that. You know, God is forever speaking. The cross is forever saying all the things you see here and so much more. It's forever saying, I love you. I accept you. You're righteous. It's forever giving you peace and joy. It's forever telling you to walk in forgiveness, to walk humbly before him. It's forever speaking the characteristics of how he wants us to be and what he wants us to possess. It speaks prosperity. It speaks healing. It speaks blessing. It always speaks that. It never changes, never moves. It's already done. It's already settled. We just have to align this with that. But our flesh wants to align with that. But we don't want the results of that. 
So we can't have it both ways. Amen? We can't have it both ways. We need to stand on his promises. We're going to put that uh, Lauren video on right now. in my mind that say I'm not enough. It was the day after my very first Dove Awards, and um, I remember being completely overwhelmed. I walked into the studio, and Paul and Jason, my producers, were in there, and they're like, all right, what's going on in your world? How's it been? It was the first time we had written since How Can It Be? I just remember feeling like so much had happened the night before. How do I come back down to normal? How do I come back down to reality? And started realizing these patterns of like really high highs and then, okay, now there's a low. Really high high, now there's a low. And involving expectation in that space can just um, leave you kind of questioning your identity. Where do I fit in? Where, where is my security? Where's my footing? So when writing you say, um, I just remember feeling for the first time pretty conflicted. It was definitely the first moment in just being an artist that I was like, okay, where where is all of this going exactly? And I know that we've all faced moments in life where we can feel a crossroads happen, where we can see the past and also see the future and realize how we are supposed to exist in the present. And it was one of those moments where I could see where things were going and I knew exactly where I came from and I needed those worlds to still be married. And thus brought up the issue of just identity and trying to figure out how to exist when I feel like so many things were pulling me in so many different directions. With that, I think a lot of times we build these complexes about, you know, based on insecurity, based on fear, based on rejection, and just lies that we have to constantly overcome. And so this song, for me, was just a reminder of identity. It was a reminder that, you know, when I'm weak, he's strong, so how do I change that and bring that into my everyday life? When I feel inadequate, how is it that um, there's always these moments where I feel like God just steps in and supersedes my inadequacies. This entire song was so that every single night I would get up on stage and remind myself, no, this, this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth. Don't get buried in confusion, don't get buried in um, like waywardness. Just remember to steady the course, steady the course. So that's the story behind you say. You say I am strong. Show. 
praise God. Proverbs 13.3 says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. That's if you open it and say the wrong thing. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21 says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And then Matthew 5, 11 says, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. And again, the words we speak reveal what's in our hearts. Amen. Let's all stand up. The church we see, everybody look at one another and say this, the church we see is a church that speaks what God says. Amen. And Father, I just thank you for each and every person here. Lord, we all probably can think of things we've said, even recently, that didn't bring life, that brought death, that brought fear, that brought anger brought resentment or bitterness or depression or hopelessness but your word says something different so father forgive us in our forgive us for speaking words of death and for allowing the circumstances of life to rob us of what you did for us at the cross Jesus you laid down your life for us you gave your all so that we would speak life we would speak what you did speak faith over our circumstances Know that you died to set us free, that we no longer have to be subject to this lost and dying world, but that we're overcomers and that you won the victory for us. Help us speak as victorious soldiers. Help us speak words that build your kingdom and not reinforce the kingdom of this world. So, Father, forgive us for saying things that have caused doubt and fear in our hearts or reinforced anger or unforgiveness. And help us, Father God, align our words, our thoughts with yours with what you say. And so, Father, as we take this bread, we thank you. We're so grateful that the war has already been won. We're so grateful that we've already overcome. We're so grateful that you've already accomplished everything that we desire, that you started a work in us and that you'll finish it, that our children will walk with you, our grandchildren will walk with you. Our church will be an overcoming church. We thank you, Father God that you paid the price, that we could walk in it, and that we could talk it. In Jesus' name.